This is a rose hit, and I am the roaming rose researcher on the rose hip road trip. I have a rose between my hips, loas on my lips, and I am hip to the power of plants. Each day, I chant to invoke their spirits. Can you hear it? This is a rose hit, and I am the roaming rogue researcher on the rose hip. Rogue hey everyone, trip. I hope you're having a fantastic week. I'm Dr. Hillary Booker, the roaming rogue researcher, and this is the rose hip road trip. Do not forget to put your thinking caps on this week, kids, because. I speak with artist Terence Van, and we go deep into the recesses of consciousness, meditation, black male identity in the United States, natural black hair, white supremacy, art, being the absolute best version of yourself that you can be, and finding deep hope for the future through visualization and manifestation. Terence Van is one of the most sought-after contemporary artists in Wilmington, Delaware creating art that is bright, colorful, authentic, organic, conscious, honest, and inspiring. He traverses many spaces and always remains true to his essence. I interviewed Terence in front of his mural called The Divine Mind, and you'll definitely be able to tell by all of the background noise. This is perhaps his best known work and serves as an inspiration to many, especially young people. Terence has a passion for working with young people and they love having him around. You can find his work on, in, on his Instagram account at Terenceism. That's T-E-R-R-A-N-C-E-I-S-M. During this episode, you'll learn more about the word Terenceism, the importance of maintaining one's rhythm, and the ways in which the universe supported him when he followed his bliss. I hope you'll enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. You can also find clips of raw video from our conversation on the YouTube channel for the Institute for Earth-Based Living. As always, thank you for listening and please follow the Rose Hip Road Trip and the Institute for Earth-Based Living on Facebook and Instagram. The Instagram handles are Institute for Earth-Based Living and Rose Hip Road Trip. You can also learn more about the Rose Hip Road Trip and the Institute for Earth-Based Living at www.instituteforearthbasedliving.com. Have a beautiful week, everyone. I'm interviewing you today because Jason thought that you would be a good person for me to interview. So this research project is about earth-based food, medicine, and spiritual practices. Mm. What in your life, what sorts of practices in your life would you qualify in those realms? Mm. Wow. Um, I think those all fall under spiritual practices. I know I've definitely changed, been changing my eat, eating habits. But overall, you know, I, I think just connecting to something that's larger than myself, you know, through meditation and, okay. just, and and through awareness, and that goes into the food, the being aware of what I'm actually putting into my body, and uh, that's kind of opened up different thought processes because I realized how unaware I was before, 
and now I'm just like, man, um, it is a practice every day. Yeah. It's a real, you know, it's like being in a gym when it comes to spirituality and connecting to, you know, the thing that's inside of us. So, uh, so when you talk about um, that it opens up your thinking in different kinds of ways, is there any, could you be more specific about that? Um, well, you know, your perspectives start to shift when you start to look at yourself more than just like, more than just like this, this creature, you know what I mean? Like, we're, we look at ourselves, you know, the definition of human being is like, so limiting in this contemporary sense that it's just like uh, I didn't even know what I was. You yeah. know what I mean? And, I, and and actually, a good example of that is I was reading a book earlier that says I can't recall the, the exact. What was the book? Um, Think and Grow Rich: A Black Choice. Yep. Okay. Um, and I can't recall the exact amount, but the amount of wattage in the human body. So before the atomic age. The human body is considered to be worth $32, $32. After the atomic age and after the realization of neurons and energy fields, each human out the box creates enough energy to power a small town and is actually worth eight, uh, what was it? $85 billion. Each human body is worth $85 billion just with what what we got going on here now when you think about something like that you think like well what is worth what is my worth as a creature walking around here you know on this earth you know, in space here, and what is my place in all that and connecting to to myself spiritually and changing my spiritual practices has taught me that um you dictate your worth in a certain sense, but man, the human being and the human mind is one of the most complex jewels that there is, if not the most complex. So how would you define it? You were talking about definitions of human being. If you had to offer a definition of human being, what would it be? Creators. You know, we're put here to, to create and manage. We have the ability to, you know, put two sticks together and make something out of that. We have the ability to rub rocks together and now fire appears you know um we have ability to transport ourselves long distances so i definitely believe that you know we're creators and we're creators ultimately of our own fates um and our destiny so and that's so intrinsically connected to everyone else and all other things um that like our value is limitless there is not there isn't like a actual value it's it's more so how you feel about yourself, but right. the actual human being, the the creature that we are, five fingers is the best thing to have. Two arms is the best thing to have. This this is this is the best vehicle that has been invented thus far that we know of to uh, do all types of things. So that's what people should really be thinking about: how advanced they actually are, that they have something better than digital cameras already lodged in their head when they are born you know they have you know the ability to see smell hear and feel um things that they don't understand but do understand you know that's that's been kind of the thing for me human beings is like whew, man it's 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 huge yeah it's, it's huge 
So you said earlier that you are in the process of shifting your eating processes or your eating practices. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, this whole summer I was on like, I guess now I can describe it as like a cleanse of sorts. But I, I, it wasn't like in some extreme cleanse, you mm -hmm. know, where I, I, didn't, I didn't really like... Like you were only juice. drinking water and doing nah, nothing I, it, else. But it was a mental and spiritual cleanse because yeah. um, I decided to really primarily eat vegetarian and vegan foods, mm -hmm. which is something that was new for me. Okay. You know, this, it's not like introduced to my family, you know, like nobody was doing this who I was really around. Um, so what did you, what made you want to do that? And, you know, did were there people that influenced you? What did you, how did you learn about that? And how did uh, it come into your consciousness? Well, I started, I started, I started seeing what was in foods and I've, I've been knowing, I've been knowing. That's the thing we all know. We all know that the stuff that's in our food is to the detriment of our health. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, I mean, our food, and what really, what really did it for me is, is statistics too. Uh, you know, thinking about the the amount of people who are dying off just because of food. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This, we're talking more than all drugs combined, mm -hmm. all car accidents, all every overdose you can think of, mm -hmm. all of that combined still isn't killing us faster than food is you know what i mean it's supposed to be for our nutrients so like that kind of had my head messed up and then like i would start to see meats and i'm like you know this is like like where did this come from like what is this that i'm eating so then i, I really felt like that had maybe been clouding my internal things that i had going mm -hmm. on, my thinking so that was just sort of an intuitive knowing intuitive thing you yeah. know it, 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 i just started to just be more grossed out by mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i i really just was like eating you know what they say alkaline foods right and uh you know i was on that kick all summer and uh and where were you getting your information I mean, the internet, uh, just pe people, feelings, mm -hmm. feelings. Yeah, really. so That's, a lot of it was still intuitive knowing. Yeah, 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 just feelings. You know, when you get a, when you come across something like you, you're on some chicken wings and you're just like, you know, like how are these things produced? Right. You know, how are these things manufactured? Right. What are the processes that led this thing to be sitting in front of me right now? And nine times out of ten, it's an awful process for everyone involved, including the workers, including every, like literally everyone involved. So no positive energy goes into a lot of these things that we consume into our body you know what I mean and uh, then there should be no surprise to the effects that happen um, so then I was, I was on that I lost a lot of weight I was really lean um, I'm still kind of lean of course but uh, and I was just like I didn't do anything all summer but like really just paint meditate and like it was like a real cleanse of like all the past things that like were heavy in me you mm -hmm. know what I mean and then after Labor Day I started eating meat again but I just started blessing it and just blessing the spirits that are uh, you know animals are put here for, you know we're all mm -hmm. part of the same thing mm -hmm. so it's not it's not that I feel I can't eat animals because um, I feel so connected that I feel like if an animal knew me personally it would want to be it, it would want to give me nutrients it would right. want to give me what it has to offer right um, you know just like plants and everything else not to go off on a small little tangent. You can but go off on a tangent. I just learned that you know the smell of fresh cut grass is actually a pheromone that comes from the grass when they're in distress. Wow. So we smell this as this fresh cut grass, like, mmm, this is great. But it's actually the grass saying, call, using these pheromones to call insects to please come and 
continue to repopulate it and continue to help it grow. So it's like, you know, we look at plants as these like inanimate objects almost, like they don't have feelings or anything, but like just eating plants isn't like, it doesn't make you a better person, you know what I mean? Right. And plus, I'm trying to increase my density. So I'm, um, I started eating animals again after after that, eating meat again. But now just more consciously, I bless it, you know what I mean? I just have appreciation for it. And uh, that's helped me a lot, you know what I mean? You said that you were, um, you kind of connected both doing this sort of cleanse or having a primarily plant-based diet and, and meditating. Can you talk a little bit more about your meditation and how you came to that and how long you've been doing that? And mm. So that that happened. I've always been meditating just because I know it's helpful. Just right. for, and because you're an artist and that's what art is. Yeah, you know, it <laughs> really is. And, and um, at, you know, just trying to find find that rhythm outside of creating my art because I can't just be walking around painting and drawing like <laughs> all day you right. know I can't be drawing you know everywhere so I was just like you know where can I get that feeling of connectivity and expansion um, and so I, I would always I, I would always kind of meditate and I would like meditate to like high frequency music and, and like different chants and different stuff like that you know light incense and all that and then recently it's just been like so the summer how that all started uh, with the food and everything mm -hmm. my girlfriend kiana passed me uh the book siddhartha mm -hmm. and uh it changed my whole life honestly um you know i was about halfway through the book and this is to show you where i was at you know i didn't know it was about the buddha and i had no idea until halfway throughout the book i'm reading and i'm like I asked my girlfriend, like, who is Siddhartha? I didn't even know. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. even know. And I asked her, she was like, you know, it's the Buddha, right? And I'm reading and like, cause I was wondering why everything in this book was just so powerful. And I was like, who was this person? Or like, what's going on? And then like, I asked her and then when it hit me, it, everything just became even harder. Every word that I was reading, because in that book, like no word went to waste. It's a very short book but it's so incredibly dense with just metaphors and everything. And that book, you know, the, the trials that, that he went through in that book uh, really made me, um, really made me think about, am I the best self? Am I my best self? And, you know, so I started getting up every morning and standing. So I would stand straight, you know, I would stand there, either eyes closed or open, you know, I would just stand there for maybe, five, 10 minutes. And then I realized there was all this energy, like I realized I haven't even been standing ever. Like I haven't been standing the way, the best way human beings can stand. Like I'm walking hunched and I'm walking, you know, and I was just like standing there and feeling grounded and just like, okay, there's some deeper stuff going on here that maybe I need to just keep doing. So every day I was standing and then it, turned into me standing and then doing this so I was doing this standing there and my knees were shaking my core was shaking and I, I just realized how much of my body that I've maybe just neglected or just like haven't even paid attention to like muscles I never even knew were there so then after reading Siddhartha I read this book called Buddha's Brain uh, that was passed to me that was such a coincidence that I was just like after finding out it was about Buddha and then getting this book Buddha's Brain 
there was the neuroscience of all these things just went even deeper because mm -hmm. now I'm aware, you know, when we were talking about the amygdala and things yep. like that, yep. you know, I was aware now. So now I'm in my own brain, man. I'm meditating. I'm not just meditating for, for just peace. I'm meditating for a true connection and of awareness of the internal things that's going on. You know what I'm saying? So, I would, so my practice was I would stand, I would do that, you know, do some downward dog type stuff. I would, I did that like all summer, and nothing, nothing crazy, you know. No, I didn't even really do a lot of yoga poses, just downward dog standing like this until I built up my core. You know, then meditating became so much powerful because you know I, I was in my brain, and then the power of visualization became clear to me. Then the power through visualization became manifestation. You know, I'm manifesting what I'm visualizing and what I'm thinking and. Um, it took me about three months to even get comfortable enough with that to, to know that it's real, absolutely, yeah. 100%. And that process ended on Labor Day, so now, now I'm acting. Can you talk a little bit about whether or not these processes affected your art? Oh, great. Well, so during this whole process, while I was reading Siddhartha, it made me look back and realize how out of touch I was and it was like this weird feeling because I felt like nothing I had created up to this point had been like fully honest or like fully tapped in right. and it started to bother me so I deleted all my stuff off Instagram I didn't even want to look at it anymore and um, not that I didn't like the art but I just was like there's something deeper here mm -hmm. um, so I started working on a new series of like these super big pieces that like I used to be, I used to think were impossible to do or would take months and months and months to do. And the first big one I did took me like four days every night, not even tired. You know, I, I was really in there. Then that trickled into just a new confidence level in my art where I realized I have to see myself and I have to be myself and just be, you know, not think, oh man, I wish I, I could do this or all, oh. no, like just trust myself to express at the highest level that I, uh, that I possibly can. So my art completely changed skill level wise. I mean, not even because of practice, because I was meditating and I was seeing things. I was like literally seeing things in the environment, seeing how colors were working, seeing how shapes were working and realizing you know there is a creator here you know what i mean like these things are put together with a beauty that isn't by accident so my art exponentially grew in a matter of two weeks just because i was noticing that i'm mixing different colors that i wasn't mixing before mm -hmm. different highlights just getting deeper in those shadows because i was observing more and not thinking as much but just feeling it out naturally can you talk about how you feel that these different practices and how they've changed the way that you think are earth-based and then could you also offer a personal definition definition of earth-based earth-based you know the people think the planet is dumb you know now coming into these new understandings that how we treat the thing that we live on and grew out of is baffling you know what i mean it's provided us literally every single thing we could ever need ever and we're living on it and 
it was given to us, you know, and I think that's why we take it for granted. So uh, connecting with the thing that birthed me essentially has been a huge part of all this because I've always had feelings about it. Like I've always hated littering and I've always, I hate, I hate like when you see smoke pollution and all that, and like that was all, that was all like subconscious things, but like, it's not like I was like doing anything on my personal, except for like not subscribing to those things. Right. But like, I wasn't doing things personally to actually connect to this, right. you know, this living, knowing thing. So the more I connected with it, the more I started to realize that that's where astrology and different kind of things came in because I was just like, all right, if this thing has an energy and some sort of conscious mind, that means everything does. And uh, so from the food to whatever you're doing, like you're connecting with earth. So earth-based is the entire thing. And uh, from there, then I, I really just started to appreciate the sun. So the earth is just so incredible. It, it really feels like it's, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah. It's everything that we know. So what motivates you to continue these various practices? Well, now I'm on a quest to be honest with you for ultimate universal truth because now I realize as a human being I have access to intelligence that is far beyond anything that I ever knew or ever expected to know so that just keeps me going every day because when you look at it that way it's like there's so many mysteries around us so many things to be unlocked and, and looked at differently it's like an adventure that literally never ends if you so mm -hmm. choose. Uh, so like, it's been getting more information, getting more knowledge, being a healthier mental being, being a healthier physical being, being, being the best, being the best. You know, like that's what keeps me going. Ultimately, is not being the best, like saying I, right? But like the best essence that right. I right, being be. the fullest, being the fullest, yeah, being the fullest. Yeah. time. The reason why we're here. And the reason why we don't live for 300 years is because like you are supposed to see things in a certain amount of time mm -hmm. that dictate you know your growth uh so now like i don't want to waste any not even a second you know what i mean so the quest is what challenges you to grow absolutely okay. the quest and, and the quest to connect to other people to the earth to the to the cosmos to everything like to connect further and like what does that lead to you know what conclusions does that lead to so that the, that that quest has it's been everything to me okay is there anything that you're not doing now in terms of practices that you aspire to one of the things i'm trying to work on is having 100 percent blind faith all the time and sometimes i still i'll still have a doubt creep in so I'm trying to figure out how to break through that to have 100% faith all the time. So I'm not exactly sure what I'm not doing to, to but I'm, I'm getting there. Like today was actually a huge breakthrough for me. And I, I, I found it to be a universal thing because I was like, man, I'm gonna be talking to Hillary today and this breakthrough that I had. So tell me about your breakthrough, if you feel um, comfortable doing it. Okay, so no, absolutely. So my goal is to be the best that ever lived the best artist, the best human, whatever it is, because it's all words, you know, I don't know what it is, so, but I want to be the best that ever lived, and then yesterday I was painting, and I was like, really, it really hit me, like, I quit my job, I'm out here, and I'm like, this, this anxiety came over me that I was like, this is reality, man, like, what else is coming, like, my dreams, what is the reality going to be of 
my dream and like like just like when I quit my job I thought being becoming an artist was the answer that was going to be the answer boom I did it and then I realized like that was only like one little micro piece and the reality is much harder than the dreams you know that you have in your head so it's like all right so if I want to be the best human being best artist that ever lived like what is going to come with that and then for a second I felt so small and I kind of felt a little bit of fear like will I be able to handle such a lofty thing when it becomes real you know like the expectations that other people might have seeing something like that or you know how that will actually fit in will it even fit in what will that what does fitting like? in mean well, what is the whole thing? You know, it's like I realize now in order to stay on this journey, like there's so many uncomfortable things that have to happen. And like it hit me like that that's never going to stop happening. So if I want to continue forward, that's literally never going to stop happening. Right. Like, every step brings new blocks, right? Exactly. To break through. That you break through and like new self-discoveries that you have to mm -hmm. deal with uh, and lo just looking back at, at things. And, and let me just pray for strength, not for things that go smoother, not for reality is reality to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. So as we're being forged, if I want to be the best that ever lived, man, people have gone through some crazy stuff, you know what I mean? And I, I, and I don't want to go through those things, but like, I don't know what the universe has in store for me on that journey. Um, because I've realized that like, I'm not turning back. I'm, I'm like not folding, not turning back, not giving up, not even an inch regardless of who says what anything like I've made up my mind and like I prayed on it last night and I woke up this morning and I had like a weird feeling and I looked on Facebook and it was like me and my girlfriend eight years ago today friended each other on Facebook and like that was the start to change my entire life and like I was in bed just like wow can you do you feel comfortable talking a little bit more about that? No, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we 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 met when when she was 18, I was 19. Like totally different people. You know, the same but different. And she made a post like she she sent me a message. You know, uh, I don't want to put her on blast. You know what I mean? But she she had a crush on me in middle school. You know what I mean? And she was about to go off to college, and she said something told her. She, she said she would never have done anything like that, but something told her before she goes out to college to get this off her, not, not even that she had been thinking about it, but something told her to just reach out to me before she leaves. And we just started hanging out from there and like, we started officially dating on New Year's that next year. You know, she went off to school, I went out there, you know, it was like a whole journey. I took the Greyhound all the way. She went to school in Oberlin, okay. Ohio. And I, I took the Greyhound out there for the first time. This is before we were officially dating. Right. So it was like this journey that I, and like, I didn't even know why I was going out there. You know what right. I mean? Like, I, we had barely known each other. And I was spending, you know, hundreds of bucks going out there. Really uncomfortable on this Greyhound. I never took a bus like that. So it was just like this crazy journey. We started dating on New Year's. And from that point, everything changed everything changed and continues to change but when i looked at the facebook post that morning or this morning i was just like wow like this other being has loved me for this long and we've loved each other so deeply like my life does absolutely have meaning and these these things that i'm anxious about aren't even as powerful as this love that i've experienced so 
I just, from that point on, you know, I was just like, man, I wrote this post, this really honest post, and I felt like this emotion that washed over me of comfort, not to be anxious about it because I could have never imagined, you know, it took a lot of sacrifice too. We were in a long distance relationship for four years, mm -hmm. the whole time she was in school. And it, it was tough, you know what I mean? And then today, you know, I, and then it just made me just pop up. Oh no, and then I read, then, no, no. So then after I wrote that, I opened up the, the Think and Grow Rich book. And that's when I read about the chapters, what are you worth? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's when I read the thing about the amount of energy and just how much we're actually worth in like a monetary sense. And I was just like, man, get up, man. Like, you got it. It's already done. It's already done. It's time for you to act. Not don't don't overthink it. Feel it. You know what I mean. So then I had a meditation session. You know, to some. And people don't do this enough. Go on YouTube. I, I went right on you, and I always curate my meditations. I just went on YouTube and looked up some high frequencies. Four, three, five. Yeah, you order. can get any kind of frequency. Any you can get a sh chakra specific. You chakra can get yep. You can get it all. Anything. And it's right yep. There. Word specific everything yep. right there so you know i found the right one that i was feeling meditated laid back really feeling imagining the colors i was in a cloud like i was at peace and i was like okay stay there just stay there man like that's it right there you know just stay there so that was a huge breakthrough for me just seeing you know how how powerful love is and just seeing how many things have culminated in my life without my direct control so it's like, what do, I, what do I have anxiety for when so much has been placed in front of me already? Yeah. And uh, it's just on me to continue to act and continue to be positive and continue to stay on the journey. Is there anything about your life, about your choices, about your lifestyle that you think other people don't understand that you wish they could understand or wish they thought about differently? Now I don't wish for them to because it doesn't really matter to me anymore. Sometimes my fa my family misunderstood my connection to the higher power since it wasn't through a religious practice per se. Um, even though I pay attention to religions, I just try to look for the common threads. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I get some misunderstanding there, and then I get misunderstanding like I I got this tattoo on my face, and you know people are just like, oh, what are you doing? You tattooing on your face? Blah blah blah. And I was just like, the reason I got it is because my thing is Terrenceism. I'm subscribing to my own rhythm, essentially, and ISM stands for internal solar mission. To me, that's what I that's mm -hmm. what I gave it. The reason I tattooed it on my face is because I wanted a permanent reminder of my individuality and of my mission and goals. And uh, a lot of people, some people didn't understand that. Like, and even my, you know, my locks. You know, some when did you start growing your locks? I started growing my locks. Oh, so that's an interesting story. This was actually the start of all this. So I, I'll say this story because this story will give context to the entire thing. Okay. So I was working, I had a corporate job working for Yellow Book. I graduated school. I felt like I had almost thrown my life away going to college, you know, and I, I just was like, what am I about to do? Go get a job. The next day I got a job. Literally the next day I got a job. I'm like, all right, I got a job, I was working the job, had low hair, clean cut, you know what I mean? I, I was trying to subscribe to what I thought I had been working my whole life to, you know what I mean? Or what everybody tells you. So I ended up working this job for like a year, 
ended up being a lot of foolishness. Most corporate things are foolishness at the root of it, you know what I mean? And I didn't know that, you know, I honestly did not know that. Being on the other side of it, instead of just consuming the products that come from corporations, but being on being one of those cogs, started to infuriate me because I was just like, yo, I'm way more than just a head at a desk. So I used to wear a hat every day though. And you know, you technically weren't supposed to wear a hat, come to find out. But I used to see people all around wearing hats. So I was like, well, I'm not gonna not wear a hat if I see other people wearing hats. So once one day, my manager sends me an email like, I need you to take the hat off, you know what I mean? And this is another thing that annoys, I'm like, why not just come up to me, man? You're sitting four or five cubicles away from me and you're telling me like, you're giving me commands. So, you know, I was like, all right, I'll take the hat off. So I took my hat off, but I was like, I'm gonna start growing my hair out because this is some bullshit, you know what I mean, essentially. And so I was like, I'm gonna start growing my hair out. And from growing my hair out, I had never really grown my hair out. And it really hit me how much was in my head. Like, I'm like, oh, this was in my head? And I keep cutting it off and just cutting it off. And then like this spiritual thing started to happen and where I was just like looking at things different. Cause I was looking at myself different. I was looking at a different Terrence in the mirror. Like I had my little mini natural fro going on. You know, it was had, had the nappy frizziness and I'm in this corporate environment and people are asking me questions about my hair all the time. Like, what are you doing with your hair? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, you know what? I just need to just continue to go in my bag. And from there, mm -hmm. I started to do a sketch every day. And up to that point, I had given up on my art. I didn't think I was ever gonna really pick my art back up again, especially not as a career. And as I was doing these sketches, I was having fun, a different type of fun that I, I hadn't felt in a while. And I'm doing these sketches, doing these sketches, and then it hit me like, I'm an artist, period. I'm here, I'm creating. You know, people thought I was gonna get in trouble. I was doing these before my work. I had tons of work due. Mm -hmm. I was doing these sketches before my work. It became so- Because they were more important to you. They, they were way more important. Right. It became so like infamous, I guess. People just let me do it. My managers would see me, they would come up, they would tell me I have work to do or whatever, and they would see me drawing and they would just almost be like, they didn't want to interrupt me because they saw it. They saw it. They saw the light that was there with that activity. So I looked up and I had like 150 sketches one day and I'm about to make like a book or something. And from the sketches, I started to pick up, I went and got some canvases and I walked into Jerry's. I was like, all right, I'm about to start painting again. You know what I mean? And this is after I decided I was going to make like a book or something or a zine mm -hmm. of these sketches mm -hmm. and try to sell them. And I was like, well, let me start painting too, because that's what I, I always wanted to do, but I never thought I would be a good enough painter to do anything, because right. I was always an illustrator. So I walked into Jerry's Autorama, and this is all during the process of me growing my hair. So I walk into Jerry's Autorama, boom, there's like a 70% canvas sale. And I'm like, my eyes like literally light up. They light up and I'm grabbing all this stuff. I'm super excited. And this is in the span of like two, three months. You know, I got my little fro going. I'm really feeling it, you know what I mean? And I go up to the counter and there's a guy standing there paid for my whole thing and I didn't know. I had like going off into the, I had put some stuff on the counter and like going off and I came, yeah. I came back and like the woman behind the counter was like, uh, this gentleman paid for your supplies. And I was just like, you don't have to do that, man. Like, I was like, thank you, but you don't have to do that. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know what the situation was. And he was like, I knew from the second you walked in, I saw the look in your eye that you were gonna do something with these. And uh, 
I don't get a chance to support things all the time. This looked like something I should support. And I was like, all right, something's going on here. There's something larger going on here. Yeah. So from that point on, uh, I, I used all those canvases, had my first art show, it was a huge success. Everything was, I made the book, sold out of my books. Like it was all going groovy, but like I couldn't understand. I didn't get why. And it was killing me because I didn't know about manifestation. I didn't mm -hmm. know about any of that yet. Mm -hmm. It was just starting to really pick at me. And around that time is when I actually started to twist my hair, get mm -hmm. my hair twisted and mm -hmm. Then the confidence came and then a few months later, I was out of my job, quit my job. And my locks were like, every time I look at them and every time I get them retwisted or I look at like, it's just another notch in my journey. And I remember like that beginning piece of me just growing my hair out literally led that rebellion on like, not accepting this little stupid rule finally had a confidence to pursue um, my dreams and you know what I mean and now it's like here we are you felt like the locks were the beginning of your journey and then you got a tattoo I took you on this little so can you get back to um, you're talking a little bit about how you know some of the people are like I don't know what this tattoo on your face and the locks and what's going on and um, because unfortunately the society that we live in these things that are appearances mm -hmm. of the young black male society it's not that they didn't approve it's that they actually cared for me they know how i am going to be perceived by people that don't understand you know what right. i mean so someone with a lot of tattoos with locks even people within the black community look at that sometimes as like a criminal sometimes Most, more, more in the black community yeah absolutely yeah and it, that's the thing you know it, it's this almost criminalized identity that right. or this perception that is looked at like, what do you think is the source of that that's a, that's a long long answer certain mm. tenants um and the source of all this being criminalized and being looked at as something that's not valuable one would say white supremacy and i used to think that for a long time and there is a lot of truth to that because that's what's kind of controlling a lot of perception and media and all these things but really i think the source of it is just fear period and white supremacy is out of fear right so that's the source is fear today and what do you think it's the fear of fear of i think white supremacy is rooted in the fear of being of maintaining relevance in a lot of ways where i see myself as a part of nature my hair is a part of nature and it, it, if there's a fear of this then that means there's a power to it too on the flip mm -hmm. so I think that's where it comes in, you know, like growing your hair out and connecting is powerful. And people who are in power are fear of other people becoming powerful, which is stupid because I think both everyone can work together to have ultimate power that's outside of ourselves anyway. Unfortunately, we're not there yet, but I think that's the, um, that's the overall thing is fear. And that's what I try to combat though is like, I'm not afraid of growing my hair out. I'm not afraid of other perceptions. Not, I'm not afraid of getting a tattoo on my face because I know I'm not just this thing that's standing in front of people. And the less we subscribe to fear, the more we see reality. Because when you're fearful, you're subscribing to a vibration that's not meant to be there all the time. It's not meant to be there all the time. So how can I manifest my ultimate destiny if I'm afraid of how other people are going to perceive it? So. I think that's where all that comes from. Everybody's so afraid, everybody's so scared. We're in times now where fear is almost like a commodity. It's a currency now. You're mm -hmm. like, we can get this size afraid 
to get them to do this and mm -hmm. we can get this out of afraid to get them to have this opinion and really if everybody just sat down and realized again going back to the human being being this ultimate pillar of an invention what are people afraid of i don't get it you know what i mean like what are mm -hmm. we sitting around here arguing and being afraid about when we all have five fingers i haven't seen nobody with four eyes yet i haven't seen nobody with six ears yet so until somebody i mean of course, there's all types of things that happen, but, right. but for the for the most part, we are exactly the same. So I don't get what the big hubbub is about. And you know, me being a black man, I'm not about to sit here and be afraid of my own appearance that naturally occurs. You know, I find that to be ridiculous. If I'm looking in the mirror and fearing something that is coming out of my own head, you know, what sense does that make? I mean, every day I'm doing this, every day I'm waking up and cutting my hair, shaving all my stuff because I'm afraid of how someone's gonna, my beard's a little scruffy, you know, I haven't got a haircut in a while. That leads where, that leads where. So that's been a factor for me is, and there's a lot of fear that we have to let go of. It's multi-layered, but chipping away piece by piece is, is huge. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like me to ask you, or is there anything that you haven't had the opportunity to say that you would like to say? What is the future sure, of all of this? My discoveries, but not just my discoveries, where everybody's at, that would be the one question, I guess. I want people to think about the future as something that they have a part of. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember feeling like, up until not that long ago, I just was like, man, I'm ready for this whole thing to just end, to see what's on the other side. It seems like everybody's tired. Everybody's just done with it mm -hmm. and doesn't know what to do about mm -hmm. it. Everybody's just waiting to see if this thing is real, uh, what's out there um, and I was I was like that too like what's the point of a future if we're gonna continue like this you know mother nature might as well just drop a big old thing on us and we just, and she is right now and she is and she is absolutely and uh, and I was like and we might as well just start the zero or exchange that energy into the whatever the next thing is then I was like but that's taken away from my power to manifest a better future though and the human will to see ourselves out of this right. because everything that we're looking at is an idea of how something can work not the best just an idea the, maybe the best at the time or maybe the best at because a lot of times 10 people are making the decisions that affect 100 million people and these are they're not the best people to do it mm -hmm. so if i'm subscribing thinking this is the best reality of course it's going to be depressing because we're seeing a lot of nonsense but then i'm like I'm manifesting at a level, not just on the individual level, not just on the local level, not even just on the global level, on the universal level, super positivity on us can change all this in one day, as opposed to thinking that only destruction can do that. So that that has really kind of helped me because then I'm like, all right, I can invent something. I can speak to people. There could be one person I could speak to that could speak to another person that could speak to the person that could change the whole planet. You know yes. What I mean? So now I'm just like, the more we look at it that way, collectively, and increase our collective consciousness and collective will, now I have a bright sense of the future. Um, and it's hard to maintain, it's hard to mm -hmm. stay consistent, because mm -hmm. then you see some things and you're like, maybe I wasn't right about that. Maybe, you know, Mother Nature should drop that tsunami or something. But then you're like, nah, man. Mother Nature wants to believe. Mother Nature wants us to do well. Mm -hmm. You know, like we take a lot of that for granted. Like the real basics 
of our mm -hmm. perception we take for granted. Mm -hmm. So um, now I think the future is whatever we can make it and it'll exist. It'll exist if it's right, you know what I mean? And I think there, that possibility is there. But also teach people that manifestation is real and work on yourself to then work on the bigger piece so that what's in your head not only do you start to understand, but you start to feel good about instead mm -hmm. of just having your subconscious beat you down every day mm -hmm. and you don't understand why because there's something in your childhood or there's something in your job that you don't want to face or something, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So then you want the whole thing to end because you don't have the courage and fortitude to face those things. When it's like, no, face them. There ain't no fear. Face them, grab them up and say, you don't have control over me. You know what I mean? I have control. And that's an actual neuroscience thing. And our hypothalamus from top down that can happen. It's possible to do that, to take control of the vibration in your subconscious, you know what I mean? So now I look at the future very open and I hope that whoever sees this or whoever I talk to in the future, I hope they, they feel that truth too in some way because we, had, we, we, got us in, we got into this and we can get out of it. And civilizations have been doing this forever forever yeah you know so that's that's what I, I think about the future though how would you like to see this research used for that purpose for for the future for people to see other perspectives for people to see honesty you know which what, what you bring is honesty in, in your work that brings the honesty out you know what I mean and I hope people see that honesty and, and hold on to it in their own personal lives because being honest does set you free and that does relieve some of that pressure on us, you know what I mean? And I hope that when people watch these things and see people that are living in their passion and see people that are enthusiastic and optimistic, I hope a piece of that leaves with them. Out of the many people that you end up interviewing, I hope that that's the reality that comes out. Like, wow, man, there are some people out here that are feeling good. There's some people out here that are searching. And there's people out here that want better for more than just themselves. The more evidence we have of that, the better. The more irrefutable it becomes and the more dynamic that information becomes because it lives on. You know, it lives on. You're, you're already, you know what I mean? You already got got a, a lot of that already covered. So it's, it's a blessing to be a part of it. All right, thank you so much. The rose the this rose is a rose hip, and I am the, the Rolling Road researcher on the rose hip road trip. trip. I have goddesses the in my hips. I go to herbs to get my tips, and my food even makes fairies do flips. Rose hip.